Yeah, it's a great question. There are so many smoke and mirrors and some things to be aware of. But I guess to give it a bit of a definition, an off-market property is a property that's sold without any public advertising. That's Joe Tucker. Joe is a buyer's agent. And Bushy talks to Joe about his experience in dealing with off-market properties. You know, technically speaking, there is no such thing as an off-market property if you are dealing with an agent. Now, if an agent's involved, whether the property is being advertised or not, a property must be listed for sale and the proper authorities must be in place so that the agent can represent the seller. Hello, I'm Kevin Turner and welcome to this week's Realty Talk show. Off-market is a term that's widely used and it's designed to play to the notion that it could be a bargain or the buyer is getting ahead of all the other buyers and therefore it's likely there will be less competition. But in reality, if you are dealing with an agent and not the seller direct, it's a property that must be listed with an agent, but it's just not being marketed. A true off-market property purchase is one where the buyer, not the agent, has sourced the property, his or herself, and is negotiating directly with the seller. Joe and Bushy are going to give us a great insight today about these types of listings and how to find them, and if they're really as attractive as all the hype. Also today, Bushy is joined by Kev Tran with some really great tips to help all buyers. Hey, if this is your first time with us, welcome. You're going to find us on all podcast players and through the Southern Cross Oz Stereo Network. If you like the show, and I hope you do, make sure you hit the subscribe button and help us to continue to bring you the best guests every week. We'll be back in just a moment as Bushy kicks off this week's show. Property deductions can save you thousands of dollars each year. To make sure you maximise deductions, you need to work with the most experienced quantity surveyor in the country. BMT Tax Depreciation is the leading specialist in the industry. They've completed over 700,000 tax deduction schedules for residential investment and commercial properties Australia-wide. BMT guarantee to find double your fee in the first full financial year deductions. Call BMT on 1300 728 726 today for an obligation-free quote. Realty Talk and your host, Bushy Martin. Now, there's been a lot of talk in buyer's agent circles about the benefits of securing off-market or silent sale properties. And in some cases, there's actually a fair bit of smoke and mirrors around the topic. So what are off-market properties and how can you access and secure them both safely and affordably? Well, to shed some much-needed light on this often shady topic, we're joined by Joe Tucker, the Director and Head of Research at Property Principles Buyers Agency Group, as well as being the co-founder of the rapidly growing and highly informative Oz Property Investors Facebook community. So welcome back to the show, Joe. Thanks for having me, Bushy. It's wonderful to be back. I love yeah. uh, I love what you guys do here. It's unreal. Likewise, I, I uh, always enjoy the fantastic conversations yourself and Jeff have on the Oz Property Investors community and the, the great work you're doing in the buyer's agency space and, uh, and a really good topic to, to dive into because it's something gets thrown around a fair bit. So to sort of set the scene, Joe, can you define what an off-market property is and explain why a property might be sold that way? Yeah, it's a great question. There are so many smoke and mirrors and some things to be aware of, but I guess to give it a bit of a definition, an off-market property is a property that's sold without any public 
advertising. It is a dealing directly with the agent saying, Hey, I've got a deal for you. Um, and, and then securing that deal. So the client, so the, so the vendor doesn't have to do marketing, if that makes sense. Um, we then have other things as well. So there's off markets that you hear all about, but then there's also things called pre-market, right? That's, that's when they list the property. Um, and these deals are actually some of the more dangerous ones because I hear people like real estate agents, they're not smart. They're very smart. Uh, sorry, not smart. Did I say that? They're not silly. <laughs> They're very smart and they do marketing in a way that gets people excited. So they put you on this list of this off-market list, but really it's just a pre-market list where they advertise the price up a lot more. So the property's worth 500,000 and they're listing it for 520, hoping to get some snags and then secure it off-market, if that makes sense. Um, another point to be aware of is something called post-market. Um, that's where someone has listed a property. They've gone through the campaign. The vendor didn't get their expectations and reality is kind of sunk in. Um, and they may be open to talk again or negotiate or, or kind of, uh, getting, get excited about that. Yeah. So, so I, I guess the killer question then is why would a property be sold off market, uh, in that context? It's a great, it's a great question. Um, but, it shouldn't be. Absolutely. In my opinion, every single property that you list, if as a, as a seller, you should definitely take it to market because it opens up the pool of buyers. Now, what we can't overlay is our own presumptions and assumptions about other people's life and how they live. Just because you wouldn't sell your, your property off market doesn't mean anyone else can't. Um, so I see it all the time where someone's embarrassed, right? We just purchased a property that had nicotine stains all across the, the room. They had someone was smoking in the toilet. The majority was just in the toilet. So they're embarrassed to have people walk through all of their neighborhood. Oh, they've lived there for 20 years. We don't want to do that. So um, the age of the property, if there's some renovation work required, people just don't want people traipsing through their house. Um, uh, your deceased estates, divorces. Um, uh, what, what's the four? Is there four Ds? death, divorce, something else. There's, there's a number of them. Uh, kids wanting to sell the property. Um, and when it's split amongst five people, they're just like, I don't care. If I if we make an extra $5,000, that's bugger all for all of us. So the reason why people do it is they just want the deal done quickly. Um, if you're an investor and speaking with an agent about uh, those type of deals, just... Um, just be, just make sure you give the vendor what they want in terms of you're not getting, they're not getting the price, but what else can they get? Yeah, spot on. There's also, also, and I'd like your thoughts on this one, conjecture that there are some, shall we say, lazy selling agents who know that the difference between a $500,000 property and a $520,000 property is only a few hundred bucks in commission to them. So yes. if they can offload it through uh, the, the off-market scenario and do it quickly and get paid. Uh, do you do you see much of that in your travels, Joe? Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm gonna, I see it all the time. I spoke with an agent just the other day and um, I was just, he was telling me how busy he is and how much time he doesn't have and how he would hate to go to this open. And all I was doing was solving the problem that he had and said, look, I can actually get this deal done. Today's Wednesday. We're going to review the contract Wednesday and we'll sign the paper tomorrow. Does that work for you? Actually, yes, it would. It would be really good because I'm just so sick of doing open homes and I don't want to take this one to the open. And perfect. Done. I solved his problem um, at the detriment to the vendor. Um, but 
it, it definitely happens, mate. Unfortunately, it does. Um, yeah. But, but there's, this is where the opportunity lies in in property as well, because if you're investing in shares, all of the information is public knowledge. Whereas with property, there's so many different little tips and tricks and things that you can take advantage of. Um, the the market is inefficient, whereas shares are very efficient and everyone's got access to the same knowledge. So there are some good deals out there for sure. Absolutely. And and picking the time and, and knowing the nature of the individuals involved becomes pretty key. And that's that's where a good buyer's agent like yourself is really good at being able to understand that. Now, yeah. uh, sort of moving forward then, how do you cultivate relations with real estate agents to gain access to these off-market listings, Joe? So... I'm I'm from a, a small town in the Blue Mountains, right? You know, we we enjoy a handshake and a, a g'day. So that's actually one of the most underutilized things that I see out there. If you're going to invest in a market, get your boots on the ground, fly out to that area. This we're talking about a seven hundred thousand dollar property purchase. Go to the area for a day, spend a thousand dollars on flights, accommodation, have a nice little holiday, but um, go and meet these people and shake the hands. So to go to cultivate relationships, I'm constantly having coffee, beer, chats, everything to kind of meet the people that have the product that I want. They have, I have the demand and they have the supply. So I need to deal with those people. So the best way to cultivate um, relationships with property is to go out, sorry, with real estate agencies to go out there and see the agents, have a chat with them and just talk real to them. Um, the most important, th another thing is be respectful. Um, these people don't want to deal with people that they don't like, just like any other, any other business. So just, just, um, be prepared. Hey, Mr. Mr. Real estate agent, I have a budget of 500 to 550,000. Tell them that you don't need to, you need to tell them just because it's 550 doesn't mean I'm going to pay 550. This property is worth $520,000. Um, and then finance, Mr. Mr. Agent, I have finance secured. I am ready to go. I need a four bed, two bath within this pocket, not within this pocket. What have you got? And just keep touching base every single week. Hey, Mr. Agent, I saw that you listed that property. Congratulations. Tell me all about it. That's actually exactly what I wanted, but it went for a little bit more than I needed because it's, it's renovated already. How can I, have you got anything like that? Actually, I'm just chatting to the neighbors and they are going to list their property that is an exact replica of that one. And it's $30,000 left. Are you interested? Yes, I am. Here we go. Now, now we're starting to be, we want to be in the inner circle. We want to be thought of when they see our phone ring. Oh, great. Here, I'm going to have a good conversation with this person. Um, so just, yeah, be provide value to the agent. Know that you're going to pull, pull the trigger on a deal and, and go for it. Yeah, I love it. And let's face it, everyone does business with people they like. So if the agent likes you as a consequence of the interaction and you're top of mind, then you're more likely to get a snippet of the opportunity. So uh, no, very well said there, mate. Real estate agents and selling agents aren't the enemies. They're, they're a conduit to the property that you're looking to buy. So yeah. uh, no, very well said. Now, the due diligence process is always in, important in any property purchase. So what does the due diligence process look like for an off-market property? And how does this differ from a more traditional purchase, Joe? Well, in terms of due diligence, you still have to follow a similar project process. You still need to understand if it's in an area that actually fits for you. Um, but it may need some work because it's being sold off market. It might be as of those scenarios that we were talking about before. So do those due diligences. So have a due diligence clause in your contract, right? Um, 
and then make sure there's no bushfires, floods, easements, encumbrances, caveats, covenants on the title, all of that kind of stuff. Um, but what you do need to also be aware of is the different types of agents, because some, like we were kind of alluding to before, there are in my in my mind, I, I talk to four four types of agents. We have the straight shooter. These guys are the worst to get off-market deals from, right? They're a large franchise. They always list the property. They always get the absolute best price for their vendors, and they have a strict process. We do the open home on Monday, on Saturday. We have offers close on Tuesday, and this is the strict process that we follow hands down no matter what. We then have the hard nuts. Now, these guys are like are really good hard negotiators, but they are flexible on the process. So if you can get in early access, do something to the deal, um, you may be able to do it, but just feel that you're probably going to pay fair and reasonable market value because they're really good. Um, and then we have the flexible agents. They're a little bit flexible on both. These are the the kind of guys that sit on the fence where they'll give you an off market here or off market there, but they're still pretty good at negotiators. Um, and then we have I did have a more creative term for this, these types of agents, the last type of agent I've, I've landed on easy agents because I don't want to offend anyone. Um, but these people are the ads. These are the ones that have the terrible ads, right? Where you see the photos are blurry. The, the marketing has got, you know, chat GPT written all over it. Um, and they don't actually get many deals. So the high-end franchise guys, they get a lot of deals and they pump through the volume and they make money that way. If you're only doing one deal a month, that's not really enough. So they get a little bit scared and they're willing to do deals. So they they need to eat. So those are the type of um, agents that you want to kind of keep in touch with. Unfortunately, it's the easy agents. Um, so you've got to have a lot of calls with not so great agents, um, but they're the ones that are going to provide the deals. And you, all you do, weekly conversation. Hey, what deals have you got? Just letting you know, this is my budget. Email that out with them as well. Do some email blast to the agents that have sold products to you. Don't bother emailing the agents that have, you know, house and land packages um, and, and all of that. Um, and just say the process that you've got. Hey, as soon as we go under contract, I've got my inspector who's ready to go. Um, we don't fall through on finance. I've got myself pre-approval and you just make yourself the easiest person to deal with. And then you'll be able to get access to, uh, to all of those. Love it. Now, in, in relation to off-market properties where you're not really being able to benchmark the price, uh, particularly for a first-time in investor that's going into this exercise, uh, what's the best way to make sure that the, the offer you're making is representing market value for an off-market property? Yeah, that's actually that's actually a great point. And this is where I see a lot of first-time investors um, get unstuck and frustrated because they spend six months just paying what they believe to be true of market value. So, so what happens is when you list a property, you will see it all the time. When you go on a for sale listing, it'll say under offer, under offer, under offer, under offer. So those properties have sold, but they're not yet unconditional. So the, the, the agent hasn't sold them yet. So then you go to the sold section um, and it says this property here sold for 500, this one sold for 510, this one sold for 511. Oh, great. Well, the property price is around that 500 to 510. However, be a little bit more creative. Call every single agent on that off uh, that under offer list and just have a chat with them. One, They'll have access to other deals that you can work. And two, if they like you, they will tell you what the price is. Now, they shouldn't do this. It's a bit of a risk because if you fall, if they fall through, they can tell you the amount. So they generally don't. But you will eventually, if you call 10, 
you know, five of them will tell you and you'll say, that's 520, that's 520, that's 520, that's 520. I am now operating in a 520 marketplace. So that is my, that's my top tip for finding out what is true real market value, having a conversation with the agent. Um, and I also like to pin agents against each other. So if you see one agent has a listing for 520 and another one has another one for 520, why is this property better? Um, and then they'll tear that one down and then they'll tear that one down. And it just gives you some insights uh, into the local market as well. So yeah, I yeah. love it. No, I love that interplay. So uh, just to, to sort of bring it to a close then, what challenges have you encountered in marketing off-market properties and how have you overcome them, Joe? Well, the, the biggest challenge is the the uneducated. Um, I see it, I see it all the time where people buy an off-market opportunity that was sold to them by an agent as an off-market, as a way to just, you know, say, hey, it's off-market. This means it's really good. And people just say, off-market, really good. Do. No, you still have to do the fundamental research and the due diligence on the property and make sure that your price that you're paying is is accurate. Um, so for me, it's not an email database list. Rarely are there many good uh rarely are there many good deals on them. It's more about phone calls. Pick up the phone. Pick up the pick up the phone. They will tell you you'll be able to get deals and you'll help solve their vendor's solution of wanting, you know, wanting the get rid of the property. Um other challenges is time. You need time to be able to do this. So be very selective with the few agents that you work with um, and then just hone in on the ones that you believe, like break it down. Don't go to the straight shooters because the straight shooters aren't going to give you anything and you're going to waste a phone call. So go to the easy agents and the flexible agents and just focus in on those guys and just call them all the time. Hey, hope you're well. It's Joe again, another chat. Let's do it. What have you got? <laughs> Well, and, and you're building relationship as well, which is which is again. Uh, I need to re reinforce that if we're, we're not in the property game, we're actually in the relationship game. And uh, the more you're building relationships, and the more you're getting the understanding, the more opportunity you're going to get, and the yep. the easier the exercise is going to get. So one 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 other thing, yeah, that's actually a really really good point. The 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 most important thing if you're an investor, um, is ask the agent if they do rentals, you know, if they lease properties. Now, are you, you know, do you guys do property management? Yeah, we do. Great. Well, if we have a good relationship with a property manager, real estate agent, we will list back that that rental to them. Now, for me, I have my own, you know, team of expert property managers that we work with. But when I was an individual investor, I would 100% save $10,000 because this agent wanted that rental listing. So if they do have a rent roll, ask the question and say, hey, great. Well, if I have a good relationship, you will get the rent roll. Now, legally, absolutely, they cannot make that as a part of their uh, the deal. It's got nothing to do with the deal. However, you're planting a seed of value and they will, they will, I'm literally, I'm about to exchange. I just got a missed call. I have exchanged on a deal because of that, purely because of that. It's ridiculous. Um, so I'm yeah, looking forward to doing the, doing the project when we get that one going, <laughs> but anyway, Love sorry, it. I'm on a tent. <laughs> but a really good tip. It is a really good tip. It's it's, it's sowing the seed of future opportunity because a smart selling agent knows that the value of his his selling agency is actually his rent roll. 
So uh, if you're able to sort of dangle that carrot with the opportunity, if they're any good at what they do, then they'll pick up the management. Then that's a, an added incentive. So it's, as you say, it's not all about, about price. It's about picking the things that are important to both the vendor and the selling agent that's going to make you stand out of the crowd compared to everyone else that might be looking to try and secure that property. So look, uh, as always, Joey, I want to thank you for providing a really proper perspective on off-market property opportunities. And I encourage everyone who's listening who wants to find out more on the topic to reach out to you at propertyprinciples.com.au as well as come and join you and the tens of thousands of others on the country's best, safest, and most informative property community on your Oz Property Investors Facebook forum. So thanks again for all your words of wisdom on the show again today, Joey. Love it, Bushy. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time. We will catch up again in no time, I'm sure. Look forward to it. Thanks, Joey. Successful property investment is a game of finance. Do you have the right team and the right game plan? Realty Talk is brought to you by Know How Property. More than mortgage brokers, Bushy Martin and his team of investment architects set you up with a sustainable strategy structured to lower your costs, tax, risk and stress while increasing your capacity for growth. KnowHow has helped over 1,900 homeowners and investors secure more than $800 million in property wealth. So get set to live more, work less, and live your legacy. Want to know how to invest in your freedom? Visit knowhowproperty.com.au. This is Realty Talk, powered by realty.com.au. Are you struggling to get onto the property ladder and to buy your first property? Does it all just feel too tough and too overwhelming? How can you overcome the seemingly unsurmountable challenges to secure a property and then go on to join the ranks of those who continue to build wealth through this timeless asset class? Well, if you've listened to Kev Tran's recent interview here on the Property Hub, where he downloaded the biggest mistakes that potential property buyers make, you'll remember that it all revolves around the importance of changing your financial habits and your mindset. And as a property investor turned buyer's agent with highly acclaimed data-driven agency investor kit, he joins us again today to share his top five tips for property buyers. So welcome back to Realty Talk, Kev. Thanks so much for having me back, Bushing. Good to see you again, Kev. Now, um, sort of to get into the heart of the subject, can you start by sharing the sort of headline bullet points on what are your top five tips for property buyers? And then we'll do a deep dive into each one of them individually. Yeah, absolutely. So the top five tips I have would be to reduce your costs, uh, buy an established house, uh, pay yourself first, eliminate credit cards or understand the impact and, um, periodic financing or refinancing of your portfolio. Well, I thought it's a really good list. So let's sort of uh, start breaking them down individually now. Uh, and to kick that off, what are the best ways to actually reduce costs then, Kev? So I think to like when you're starting your portfolio or, you know, when you're starting out, um, uh, you know, buying property, if you can, uh, you want, you want to be minimizing your, your expenses and your costs, right. So that you can maximize your borrowing capacity uh, yep. really. So, uh, if you're younger and you have the opportunity to be living at home, um, definitely take, uh, make the most of that. Um, so, you know, you you've got more that you can save up and obviously you can tell the bank as well that you're still living at home and you're not paying that rent. Uh, that's definitely going to help if uh, you're not living at home um, and you're renting potentially think about if you can for like a short term maybe like some sort of share house arrangement or you know, having housemates um, to, to really maximize that because um, obviously the biggest expense we have is is our home most of the time 
Absolutely spot on. Uh, let's go on to number two then. Uh, why do you believe that uh, buying an established house is the way to go? Yeah, so established uh, as opposed to buying new and then house as, a, as opposed to buying um, a strata tiled or apartment or townhouse. So um, why established? Established because you're typically uh, going to be buying in an area that's already you know, well established. So you're buying existing stock where there is high demand for it currently, which you know of. And there's a lot of established data out there as well that you can look into um, as opposed to buying new, which typically you're going to be looking at if it's a house and land, you're more on the fringe suburbs, which um, not to say it won't be successful, but it's a lot of unreliable data to go off. You don't know how many owner occupiers versus renters. Um, and typically there's going to be um, more supply there. Um, and then why a house as opposed to uh, an apartment um, where we're getting more uh, statistically um, and historically looking at, you, know, you, you see more capital growth with houses that outperform uh, strata titled properties. Yeah, and uh, they're really good points. So I, I think there are instances where a new build property, if, it, if it's in a tightly held scarce uh, existing area where there's not buckets of greenfield stuff that can, it will dilute the growth, uh, there are instances where there are definite stamp duty advantages and and full tax appreciation benefits that will reduce the holding cost of those properties. But the biggest challenge now in the, the build space is the uncertainty around time, quality and cost, given the uh, big challenges that the construction industry faces. So certainly a safer bet to look at established properties and 100% agree that uh, homes are going to outperform from a growth perspective over units and apartments. So some really good points there. Uh, next one then, uh, what do you mean by pay yourself first? Yeah, so I guess the, the, the remaining three kind of revolve around finance, which is obviously really important when it comes to your, your property portfolio journey. Um, paying yourself first is uh, just about uh, it's just about budgeting. Uh, so when you get paid, um, if you're like myself when I was a bit younger, um, you know, struggling to, to work out um, you know, savings and being consistent is when, when, you, when you do your, your budget, um, the, the easiest thing that I could work off anyway was, okay, how much can I put towards, um, saving per month and then just do that as soon as I get paid. So once the pay slip or the, the pay comes in, take a whole chunk out into a different account, savings account, or even you don't need to transfer it to the bank account where you can't access. And that way, whatever you've got remaining, you've already worked out, you can spend it for, you know, your, your rent, your, your food going out, but at least you've already paid yourself the savings. Spot on versus what most people do is the opposite. Uh, they they uh, either save or invest what's left and quite often there isn't much. So yeah. uh, love your thoughts on that. Uh, next one then, Kev, uh, what are the impacts and benefits of eliminating credit cards, as you say? Yeah, I mean, um, a lot of the time, and I also had when I was younger as well, was unnecessary you know, limits. Um, and I think the, the banks probably um, you know, can... Uh, be a bit responsible for this as well is you know when you, when you get a bit older uh they, they kind of send you your first credit card or offer you anyway one so i think what i learned um throughout my journey was credit cards are a liability so let's say for example you've got a five thousand dollar credit card limit and you, you don't owe anything on it like you pay everything off and it's just sitting there as a backup or whatever uh the banks still see it as a five thousand dollar liability so your borrowing uh power um reduces so being being uh, conscious about that if you don't need it potentially just get rid of it especially when you're going for a loan spot on that really good advice because uh, what a lot of people don't recognize and and given the uh, 
finance breaking team that's behind the the know-how exercise we we know firsthand that for every thousand dollars of limit you have on a credit card it reduces how much you can borrow for a property loan by between four to seven thousand dollars depending on the lender that you're talking to so it does have a, a massive impact and car loans and personal loans have a very similar uh, impact on reducing your borrowing capacity. So really important to eliminate those. Uh, now, uh, your last point, which is also a very good one, uh, how does periodic refinancing help, Kev? Yeah, so this is when you, you've, you've already got a property or a portfolio. Uh, a lot of the times where we've got options to do, you know, principal and interest or interest only um, sort of uh, loan structures. Typically for myself, I've got interest only for my ones uh, with an offset account um, and they're not indefinite terms, you know, typically, you know, one to five years interest only terms. Uh, so by at the end of those, um, the time period, um, it's just a habit for us to then go and, and do a refinance to make sure that we're getting the best rates, but then also it's a chance for us to get a value out to, to you know, have a look at the property's value to see if we have any equity that we can leverage. Spot on, and the, both of those are really important because uh, what, what a, a lot of people don't realise around the financing aspect is that uh, the, the bank's appetite uh, for finance changes almost on a weekly basis. So while a lender might be the best solution today, in a month, three months, one year, two years' time, they're not likely to be given the 40-odd lenders and the 2,000-odd loan solutions that uh, uh, home borrowers and, and property investors can invest in. So really important, uh, as you say, to refinance roughly every 18 months to two years uh, because that's a good time to see how it's passed. And that will also give you a chance to recheck your equity from the valuations you spoke about and the buying capacity that might come out of that. So some really good thoughts there, uh, Kevin. I'd, again, I want to thank you for these very timely reminders. And yet again, you've reinforced the importance of changing your money management mindset and habits as success in securing property, as you and I both know, and growing your wealth is not about the bricks and mortar. It's about your financial education. So for anyone who'd like to learn more, just reach out to investorkit.com.au. And thanks again for joining us on the show today, Kev. Thanks, Bushy. Appreciate it. Property depreciation is the natural wear and tear of a building and its assets. Property investors can claim depreciation as a tax deduction each financial year. Depreciation is a non-cash deduction. This means you don't need to spend any money in order to claim it. On average, BMT tax depreciation find residential investors almost $9,000 in first full financial year deductions. Call BMT on 1300-728-726 today for an obligation-free quote. Subscribe now to Realty Talk. It's out every week. And that brings us to the end of this week's show. Big thanks to Kev, Bushy and Joe for a great show. Make sure that you don't miss any episode of Realty Talk or Bushy's Get Invested podcast each week by subscribing to the Property Hub now on your favourite podcast player or wherever you are listening to or watching this show. Thanks to our supporters and content partners, realty.com.au, BMT Tax Depreciation, Know How Property Finance, Get Rare Property and Apiro Marketing. I'm Kevin Turner and on behalf of Bushy and the Property Hub team, we look forward to seeing you again next week. <laughs>